Listener Production. Okay, are you recording? Welcome to the Howie Games Artist Series Player Profile. A man that is talented in many areas, but Andy Lee, mm. this for you is like facing Ambrose, Walsh, Patterson, and Holding. This is not easy. So, no. are you ready? Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> The short stuff's I'm coming. I'm wearing an arm guard. Good, good. And a box yeah. and the new thigh pads they've got on the inside thigh as well. You bet, you bet. All right, here we go. Nicknames. Uh, Andy Ando, uh, the general when I used to play cricket for the General Lee from, uh, uh, okay. from, uh, from Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah, that's probably all that really comes to mind. I'm sticking with the general. All right, general, mm. what's your favourite food? Um Either a lamb sagwala, if I'm going Indian, because I love my Indian, from right. uh, the local place Chai Ho, or I can't go past this bag bowl. Can you cook yourself? No. Okay, so if I was to come round and we were discussing your phenomenal podcast and how mm. well it's going, what would you be preparing for the dinner? Uh, look, I'm, I'm very good on a barbecue. It's, okay. the, it's the everything else side of that. So generally if it's my turn to cook, we'd be going steaks, uh, some mushrooms on the barbie and maybe some broccolini all on the barbie. Oh, broccolini makes it a little bit more fancy. Yeah, yeah, sweet potato chips on the barbie as well. That can, okay. you can get, no, you can I'm get impressed by that. Uh, finish this sentence for me. Before you perform, whether it be on TV, radio, podcast, etc., you always do what? Uh, prepare. Prepare. How important is preparation? For me it is, for others it isn't, you know, and, and that's what when young people ask me about podcasting or performing or TV and so on, it really isn't one size fits all. Um, I feel much better if I'm prepared and I often don't use the prepared material yep. because I just know I've got a full quiver of arrows and it gives me more confidence to go into battle. Um, other people just like rocking up and flying by the seat of their fence and if they prepare, they get nervous because they can't think of anything, anything in preparation and their prepared stuff not as good. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely try out all those different types of things. So you got Bruce McAvaney, who is mm-hmm. you. He gets his confidence from preparation. Then yep. you've got Shane Warne, who is more the opposite <laughs> end, who just turns up and gets it done yes. day in, day out. Right. Yeah, I think that's the Andy and Hamish combo right there. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first ever car? Nissan Pintara, 1987. Pintara, colour? Yes. Uh, it was meant to be a moss green, but the Juco was kind of <laughs> uh, peeling from the top down, so it looked like a double-tone silver uh, <laughs> slash, uh, slash green car. Moss green. What was your first job if the missing Pintara was your first car? First uh, ever thing you did to earn money? Uh, chemist round, delivering medication to the elderly in my area growing up. Okay, that is an interesting role. Many would say you've got one of the best jobs on the planet. I reckon you would think it is the best job on the planet. But yeah, if absolutely. you could swap mm-hmm. with someone, whose job would you like? Oh, do I get their talent? Yeah, oh, yeah, my word. Okay. You're not going in there as a donkey. Okay, yeah. Well, I'd, 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 I'd swap with Dustin Johnson, I think. Dustin Johnson. So golf yeah. it is for you. Golf it is for me. That would be just tremendous. But if if I had to swap immediately with my talent, yep. that'd be absolutely petrifying. <laughs> <laughs> you do you have you have a, a simulator at your joint, don't you? I love my golf, but the idea of suddenly standing on the first at Augusta <laughs> <laughs> with, with your crowd. talent. Yeah, no, no thanks. <laughs> Best piece of advice you've received on your beautiful journey you've had so far? Um Ooh, some good stuff. Uh, listen first. If your standing position is listening, is that if that's your natural position, um, you've got a great chance. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with that one, which is why I tend to not say a great deal on this podcast. What is the best concert you've attended, Andy Lee? Oh, gee, I mean, I love my music. I play music still in a band uh, with oh, my brother. Yeah. What, what do you play? I play trumpet. Trumpet? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be a muso before all this happened and we played some pretty cool, pretty cool gigs. What was the band um, called? It's called Zoo Fight back in the day. The new, the new band's called The Higgs. Right. Um, but yeah, we used to play some good festivals. Some um, we we played uh, some New Year's Eve in the city on the Federation Square alongside Cat Empire once. It was good fun. Um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, but what was my? So I love my music. I'm gonna say, because oh, I'm actually more into folk music. I know it sounds weird, but I also love all all sorts of artists. I'm gonna say either Rage Against the Machine Ooh. in the middle of the mosh at the Big Day Out, or Hard to Beat, or uh, and that was just for the the experience. Then the best musical sound I got was Bonnevere. I'm not sure if you know Bonnevere. Yeah, I do. But in a church in Harlem. Oh, in, that's an experience. Uh, yeah, uh, in in New York, and that was just epic. So do you just float around your house playing your trumpet? Yeah, I've actually got a little pocket trumpet. It's about it's about this big. Is it so, there? Yeah. So I often yeah. I, Blow my own trumpet constantly, mate. Go on then. What do you got uh, for me? I've got, uh, I've got it here. Oh, oh look at you! You've got your little bag. How are you going to do this with a hand on the? You'll have to put it's the microphone down It's going to be tough, but uh, this is this is how small it is. It comes in a little case. You can extract wow. probably the size of a shoebox. It's got uh, it's got back back straps, so it um, <laughs> so you can take take it as a. Uh, so it's the size of a kid's backpack. Let's see. Here we go. There you go. Wow. wow. <laughs> I didn't know there was such as a mini trumpet. I like that. Yeah, good fun. Okay. What is the most – actually, what are the two most used apps on your phone? You're a techno guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the two most used apps. <laughs> Strangely enough, you can go to screen time and find this, but mm. my most used app every day is phone calls. Yeah. Uh, which I know is not exciting as far as apps go. Um, but I would say Twitter is my go-to as far as news and, and sport. I love following that. And then one that's uh, a little bit outside the box, so a golf shot. There's a golf shot app where it can measures, you, measures your distance in. It knows all the courses. It, uh, it can track your shots, what clubs you're using, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you and I love our stats, so I like yeah. getting a bit analytical like that. You play golf with our man Darcy, who produces and puts together both of our shows, edits mm-hmm. both of our shows. I was fortunate enough to take him through an invite from David Evans to Cathedral. Yes. And he made a real mess of it and he <laughs> has ne- he's never got over it. I've never seen a bloke flown to a golf course in a helicopter, not happy with his day, but that was Darcy. Can I can I throw someone else in the mix for that? And he yeah, won't mind on. me saying this. Go on. David Teague, just Teague. after being announced, Captain, uh, coach of the Carlton Football Club, was in a helicopter with myself, Ricky Ponting, another fellow called Adem who was hosting us, and Teague played the worst <laughs> first nine holes I've ever seen anyone play. <laughs> and so we started ordering beers and I've never seen someone drink them faster than David Teague <laughs> as he was trying to get as much courage in as he could and kind of six stubbies within three holes, he was back and he was focused again. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe that's what Das needed. Uh, what are you currently watching? Obviously, we've been in a long lockdown oh, yeah. in Melbourne. This is about to – you'll be out of lockdown by the time this goes to air. So what have you been watching? Yep. Um, like everyone, I went and finished Squid Game. Um, mm. Mr. Inbetween, your oh. man Das, Das got me onto it. Did so he? Thor- thoroughly enjoyed. I enjoyed that too. Tell us a little bit about why you're here. My name is Ray. I'm 40. Got a kid. Divorced. Do you think that you've got an anger problem? No. Okay. I'm a long-term Brooks Hatchwell fan, though, it must be seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you watched the submarine drama Vigil. I just watched that one as well. That well was, there's nothing I mean, else to do in Victoria, is there? So exactly, that's a cracker. So there's a cracker. So Beck and I have been working through all these, and we do love a documentary as well. There's a documentary just recently which may not appeal to sports lovers, but I'm being stereotypical here, but it's called Major Look and it's about the biggest art fraud. It's, on, it's just a movie on Netflix, the biggest art fraud ever pulled off in America. I need to look at that. I started the Schumacher doco on Netflix and there's also a good one. I don't know, is it called Bad Sports? I don't know, but it's like there's an episode on Hansi Cronje, so it's about people oh. that have done the wrong thing. So oh. that's probably up, but I haven't watched it yet, but apparently I'd good. I'd love to see apparently that. I- Icarus for me is the best sporting yes. documentary of all on time. On the drugs, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's what you're watching. What's your favourite movie of all time? Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah, not necessarily aligned with a lot of Mel Gibson's thoughts since then, but um, the uh, Braveheart used to be. I used to watch it every year, once a year with someone who hasn't seen it. It was, yeah, uh, yeah it's a cracking film. Great film. Uh, when you were a young fella at school and you raced home at the end of the day, what would you be turning on on the telly? What oh. would you go to? Yeah, I mean, weirdly, the Brady Bunch was doing reruns at the time when I when I was coming Brady home. Bunch. And so, I, you know, you kind of watch whatever you're allowed to watch back in those days. Yep. But we had a, a, a tick system on the board in my family as a whiteboard. And if you got three ticks, you weren't allowed to watch your favourite show and you had to nominate your show each week. Oh, so the ticks um, were a negative. Ticks were a negative. And, um, and so it used to be Young Talent Time when I was, it was, was my show of choice. Then it was the comedy company. Oh. And then as I got older and the tick system remained, I would nominate the late show with uh, Mick Malloy and Rob Sitch. And, uh, what what and type of things would you be doing to get a tick? I guess it progressed uh, as you got older. Yeah, look, generally just no chores or not earning your dinner or generally bickering with your with your with your uh, siblings. But you know, we were pretty good. Most of it, most of the time, uh, all of us got to watch our shows. But it was a good system. I need to instigate with that with my children. Mm. Do you read books, Andy? I do. I do. Um, not as many as I'd like. Are you reading one at the moment? Uh, yeah, I've just started uh, Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. Oh, okay. The comedian Steve Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about – I'm only a few pages in, but, yeah, about comedy and stand-up and his life, which will be fascinating. But what what have I read more recently? Boy Swallows Universe, which is a terrific one for those who – Yeah, who want a a fictional book. Um, I do like reading uh, fact-based books. I suppose my favourite one would be – Yes, okay, favourite book, go um, I'm just looking at my bookshelf here. One summer. I'm not sure if you read Bill Bryson's One Summer. No, America, I've read some of his books. No, mate. Is it? Oh, One Summer. This one Summer, 1927. It, it categorizes what happened in this one summer in 1927. It's huge that year because Lindbergh had just flown across the. Uh, oh. That's how the book starts. Uh, where Lindbergh, that basically they they, they put, like. 
I think tea companies used to do it a lot, but they put a big prize on great adventures. Oh, Some of course were, they did, yes. Cir- circumnavigating the world in a, in a yacht and, and, they, and, and a company put up big money to see anyone that could fly from America across uh, to Britain or France, where they end up landing in France, would win a big uh, cash jackpot. So all these people were trying to fly there and dying, constantly dying. Just like just every second takeoff, someone was a fatality and they're like, oh, well, it's the cost of doing business as they try to I'm not to sure you get away with that these days. <laughs> you can't do it these days. No. It's incredible. <laughs> and so it's the same year as Babe Ruth came on the scene. So they right. talk about him speak. Um, they abolished alcohol in New York. So suddenly the speak. Easy's came ah. about. Uh, they talk about pole sitting being an, an incredible pastime, and very famous people would sit on poles for a long time. It's like circus act, but that was, you know, people didn't have a lot to do, so they'd go no. out and watch a person on a pole. And they also thought the skyscrapers were coming up, and this big boom in New York City. They thought the next big form of travel was going to be blimps. So every single building had a blimp like landing spot where you could tie your blimp to at the top of every building. I'm it's, it's fantastic. Model T Ford, all that stuff happened in this one summer and it's uh, it's fascinating reading. Pole sitting, you should have brought that up and we could have been doing that in Victoria for the last 237 <laughs> days. Now, do you listen to podcasts? I do. Now, this is going to interest people because obviously you've got the biggest one out there. Mm. Give me a podcast recommendation that isn't your own. Okay. Um, good qualifier. <laughs> and I won't say yours either. No, don't they're already say here. Uh, most recently... Uh, the breakdown. Not sure if you've listened to that. No, I haven't. But um, in the sporting realm, so it might appeal to to your listeners. Uh, and even though I know you're broader than this, but um, it's by the Australian. Uh, they cover, and I'm not particularly into rugby union, although I love all sports. But it covers. Ah, I've seen this written in the paper about. It yeah, is an incredibly well put together doc, uh, documentary or, or, or podcast documentary of how. Rugby Union was flying. It had money in the bank, late 80s, early 90s, Cam Peasy, Nick Farr-Jones, yes. all these great winning people. Winning World Cups. Winning World Cups. Uh, then, then they won the bid to have the next World Cup and it shows how how a code can have 40 million bucks in the coffers and ready to explode and be the next biggest sport in Australia and how they nearly went broke two years ago and it nearly became a back to an amateur sport. Good recommendations from you. Only a couple more quick ones for you. A well-known person, and you've dealt with so many, what we would call a famous person, a celebrity, someone that's generally known that has made a positive impression on you. There are plenty along the way. Um, One that um, Hugh Jackman, I find that uh, having got to know him more, how remarkable the conversations can be and and, uh, that, that... Dealing with fame and um, and also just following their cre- those creative strengths, pretty hard to be one of the biggest action superheroes in the world and at the same time play Peter Allen tap dancing on a stage. It's a really good point, talented so, man. So not only just based on talent, but based on studio perceptions and all those things. You know, we all get pigeonholed and, and he's meant to be this macho man and then the stereotypical thing is someone being flamboyantly singing and shaking maracas. Mm. Th- those two don't normally cross on a Venn diagram, but he's managed to pull it off and it's, it's fascinating how he follows his loves. Hugh Jackman, I'll try and get him on this show. Along those lines, who do you know that you think would be a good guest on the Howie Games Artist Series, Andy? Uh, well, yeah, Jackman would be amazing. Um, 
Rob Sitch would be Rob fantastic. Sitch. Uh, that is a good don't, call. People, young people might might know who Rob Sitch is, but you'll know all his work. You know, a creator and writer of The Castle, who directed that film as well, which is the best Australian film of all time in my yes. mind. Uh, thank God you're here. Uh, Utopia lead performer. Uh, you know, have you been paying attention on at the moment? Co-creator of that, just uh, an amazing comedy mind and um, lover of sport. Perfect for this show. Last two. You've been so good with your time. What, if anything, scares you, Andy Lee? Oh, not much. Good. Um, probably why Hamish and I travel around the world doing idiotic things. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I like that feeling. I like the feeling of adrenaline. One thing that probably scares me, the heights don't scare me, pace doesn't scare me, and but and uh, but but animals. I, I get uncomfortable with that, with animals. If I, you know, if there's a, I know people think steaks and spiders and stuff, but we were, we were meant to do rodeo one time, and yeah, the idea of being in a cage with a bull and stuff like that, I just don't back my skill to get out of the way of that. So yeah, <laughs> back some. Your skill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not something Second. you can practice generally in day to day life. But yeah, it was funny. On all our trips, it was when there was an adult, we were huge cobras in Vietnam, and that was probably when I was at my most fearful because. I feel like I can control the other things. You can calm yourself with heights. You can, you know. Yeah. But with an unpredictable animal coming at you, I, I, I get a little bit nippy. Final one for you. And all the other hour and a half has been pure fluff. <laughs> this is the question, okay? <laughs> this defines you as a Carlton supporter, as an <laughs> Australian cricket fan, as a partner, as a brother, as a son, yep. as a podcaster, as a proud Australian. Wow, okay. Andy Lee, hmm. pineapple on pizza, yep. yes or no? <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Yes! <laughs> I knew a man like you would say yes to that. Yeah. 100%, well done. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Well done. Congrats on the show as well, mate. Good on you, mate. Stay safe. I mean, you're, you're in Sydney at the moment, but of course all your stuff's in Melbourne. But have you got the travel trump with I you? I have. Did you bring up the travel trump? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did you bring that for? You're living by yourself. Because I'm bored. Oh, boy. Have you honked yet? Yeah, I've honked. <laughs> Listener.